Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. While the sports world, including the NHL, are shut down due to the serious coronavirus situation around the country and the world, we'll talk about the impact that has had on the NHL season, specifically the Blue Jackets, and much more. I am William Chase, and I am joined by Pale Dragon. PD, how are you doing? Hey, happy to be here. It's good to have you on. And Eric Seeds. Eric, how are you doing? Drinking my sorrows about the Dayton Flyers away, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> and Elaine Shercliffe. Elaine, what's up? Oh, you know, just having a good old mug of wine, trying to live my life. Well, I'll go ahead and start. So the last time on the pod, we discussed the Blue Jackets coming off their road trip to Western Canada and the games that were ahead. Over the course of the last week, we went from the Jackets potentially having their remaining home games played in front of zero fans to the league ultimately following the NBA's lead and suspending play for the foreseeable future. And at this point, it remains to be seen if or when the regular season will continue or if the league might jump into the playoffs when play does continue. I'll go ahead and start with PD. What's your thoughts on basically everything, I guess, to this point? Yeah, so... There's just so much that we we don't know. You know, we don't know yet when we'll be able to play again, whether or not they'll be able to play, you know, maybe try without fans or something. Uh, I think the NHL is maybe a bit optimistic. They seem to be suggesting that, or operating under this timeline that, you know, it's only going to be the eight weeks that there are these restrictions on and that they can start practicing even before then, which that seems... Uh, that I just I don't see that that's going to be the case, but uh, currently they're operating as though they can resume in mid-May. Um, so we'll see if if that happens. It also seems like it's very up in the air as to how the schedule will be structured when they come back. Uh, I know that owners were asked to check on arena availability through the end of July, um, which that seems again I don't know how they're going to pull that off because it's bad enough that we have like late round Stanley cup playoffs in warm weather cities in June. But, but to think about stretching that into late July, uh, the ice, the, the uh, quality of the ice is going to be horrible. Then also, if you go all the way to the end of June, July, rather, um, 
you know, how is that going to impact next season? Are they really only going to give players, you know, two months of off season? That seems way too short, even if they've had, you know, two months off before they get into this playoff scenario. Uh, the other thing I'm curious to see is if they change the playoff format because of the circumstances. I saw a rumor mentioned somewhere that they might consider like a 24 team playoff that would have like play in rounds, which I think actually helps the Blue Jackets because, you know, they were in a playoff position when the season was halted. But if you went by the first tiebreaker, which was points percentage, then they would get jumped by the Islanders. So a expanded playoff that would include all the bubble teams, I think would be very good for Columbus. And finally, the best thing for Columbus, if the season does resume and they are part of it, is they could maybe get some guys back that were hurt that we thought would be out for the season. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, like like Pale Dragon said, I kind of assume the NHL is operating on an extremely, extremely hap- uh, optimistic timeline there when they said, we hope to open training camps 45 days into the CDC's 60-day mandated, uh, you know, quarantine or mandated uh, stay away from mass gatherings timeline. And I'm like, that's not exactly how Matt, uh, quarantine works there, NHL and NHLPA. Um, best case scenario, I think, for the NHL is the regular season's probably over. I, it, it's, it, like, like PD said, there's just no, it's, it's so hard to maintain ice across the country, especially as we go later into the year. I'm thinking of, I mean, we, we, we had issues with how the ice in Tampa was last year in April, and it can only get worse going forward. I have to imagine if the NHL comes back at all, which I I kind of really doubt at this point, just because of the logistics and the arena the arena availability the, and and how it would affect next year's schedule that if they do, it's got to be a compressed format, maybe only take the top four seeds from each league and just go right into the uh, go right into the conference semis, I guess. I don't I mean, this is all entirely unprecedented. We have no idea what the league's going to do. Obviously, the NHL is a big gate revenue league. It's how most of these teams stay afloat, probably Columbus included. And it, it really sucks that they're losing all these home games. And but but this is such an unprecedented event. I don't really know what more the league can do at this point, other than just be optimistic and hope. But I really, if if I if I were a betting man, which anyone who's ever gambled or played poker with me knows, I am emphatically not. I uh I'd put money on the season probably just being over and them canceling it and guys will just come back at it next fall. It, it's gonna end up like that year where they where they just inscribed no Stanley Cup awarded on the on the cup. Well, I would put money on Gary Bettman doing something absolutely insane, like a twenty four. <laughs> also, a wise bet. <laughs> right, a twenty four team playoff that takes everyone into friggin' like July and then only giving the guys like a month and a half off before the next season and then oh my god everyone's hurt again but if that happens they would have to get rid of the rid of the atrocious bye week which I think is stupid um unless that bye week is only consisting of all-star break having a legitimate all-star break that would be great but also the the bye weeks cause too many back-to-backs with high-level travel so if they were to push the season back a little 
I think they would have to think about changing the way they ran the season compared to the way they did it this season. But I just, like, I guess I'm to the point where I'm so tired of the speculation. I'm so tired of the NHL literally not knowing. It just seems like they don't know what they're going to do. Like, they don't have any contingency plans. At this point, I would rather just, like, end, end, end the regular season. Just come back to the regular form of playoffs. And because no matter what happens whether they come back with the right and finish out the regular season, whether they come back and start in playoffs or do a weird playoff thing, no one is going to be happy. There will be at least five teams that are incredibly unhappy with whatever Bettman and the NHL and the NHLPA decides. So honestly, they just need to make a decision and, and stick with it because I think the AHL is also holding off on a full decision because the NHL hasn't made a decision yet. You know, like they have to, it, it would be in their best interest to follow some sort of lead of what the NHL is doing. It just it would make more sense because they're taking players from the AHL. But I don't know. I will say I was a little disappointed when they canceled the games initially because I was so pumped to watch it, like have that once in a lifetime, watch a game in an empty arena and be able to write about it. But I was also... Well, come on, uh, Elaine, there, there are the Florida Panthers still. Well... <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to we're gonna get to disappointment about canceled games because, uh, boy, howdy, I've got a rant coming here. Don't worry, I have a lot to say about that later when it comes to the next segment. But... At the same time, I was so scared that I would have to not go because I live with a man, my dad, who has a very severely weakened immune system, and I work one-on-one -on -one with people who are in their 60s and people who have disabilities and compromised immune systems and the last thing I want to do is either A, give it to the monsters and the cab staff or anything of that nature, and B, give something to the people I live with and in my house. So that whole time was so, like, up, down. I, and I know PD heard me talk about it a lot. <laughs> it just, it, I think this whole thing is just this uncertainty is very stressful. Like, I just wish someone would just make a decision and I love how the Jackets gave Mike DeWine, like, the proverbial middle finger and was like, we're still going to be open to the fans. And then he's like, bet. <laughs> Close things down. <laughs> see, I'm glad that eventually, I, I can't believe I'm about to do this, and I'm trying not to get political on this podcast, but I want to commend Mike DeWine for the decisive leadership he has shown through this. Ohio has consistently been out in front of most states' responses. Um, he's 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 making tough decisions that, I mean, th these are these are tough decisions that hurt small businesses that hurt. And I believe me, I feel I feel for every server and bartender I've ever worked for in my worked with in my entire life. I have best friends right now who have no idea what they're going to do. But kudos to Dewine for one expanding unemployment to those people and trying to do trying to help mitigate uh costs aep ohio and columbia gas of ohio have also both waived late fees and said they won't shut anyone's power or gas off for 
late late payments during this crisis because they apparently understand that this is a massive pandemic. Um, but I want I just want to give kudos to Dewine for what the actions he's doing while tough and extremely extremely hard choices i can't even imagine the just the process that he's the daily process that he has to go through this is saving lives of immunocompromised elderly chronically sick ill ohioans across the age spectrum this this is the, these decisions while while hard for people are going to save lives and i i ha- i wanted i want to get that out there and commend DeWine. yeah also dr amy acton is amazing and she's career goals in the sense that she literally said in a press conference bear with me while I geek out (laughs) she just totally went off with all this passion in her eyes about everything having to do with science and explaining it and then she put it into normal terms and then like three days later she's like really trying to hit home with people and she's like it's not about Kevin Bacon. It's about Kevin Bacon's grandma. And I was like, yes, queen, go off. Like, I love her. So going back to what PD was mentioning, this is kind of like my next topic. And I was kind of thinking about it too. Like, can you imagine if the NHL actually did play in July? I mean, with the NBA potentially maybe playing over the summer, baseball might not be starting toward July. It would be like, it, it almost seems like every sport could be playing in July. On like July 4th or something, like every single sport could be playing. The idea of the potential 2014 playoff, uh, you already kind of touched on this, but... I mean, I, I almost feel like it would be easier to just scrap the season, a clean slate, off season like normal, or as potentially normal as possible, and then go into next season because I just feel like it gets messy when you think about schedule, a shorter off season, everything, you know, how that would correlate into the next season with probably a later training camp and preseason and starting the new season. But did you guys have any other thoughts on the potential of playing games later in the summer? Planning logistics for arenas would be awful. I think of LA, I think of Staples Center, and how they host movie premieres and concerts. They have two basketball teams and a hockey team. The logistics of planning all of that would be absolutely insane. Same thing within Cleveland. They have to reschedule... I mean, I know that would be the AHL, but if the AHL played later games, they have to reschedule Cavs, concerts, and the Monsters. Like, that, that is just a logistical nightmare. And while I know it would help recoup some of that money that people are losing, I, I don't know how they would be able to do it and get a schedule out in a timely manner. Yeah, so I, I will speak out briefly in defense of the leagues and the owners with they're, you know, keeping things in a state of limbo for now. Um, you know, there's a lot, obviously, that that they don't know. You know, they are as in the dark as the rest of us in terms of, you know, how long the situation is going to last. And I think if there is any sliver of a chance that, you know, these restrictions could be lifted in, in a time window where they could still put on games, you know, I think they want to leave that eventuality open. Uh, because again, like 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 Seeds mentioned, there's the you know there's the chance to 
to make money and recoup some of their losses that they've already that they're already taking. So I think if there's a chance that they can still play some games, they're going to want to keep that open. And I'm sure there's also some uh, there's some legal aspects to it. There's some some contract elements to that, depending on who might be on the hook for cancellations. Whereas they might be covered if they can say, oh, hey, the government forced us to not have it, as opposed to, hey, we are voluntarily taking the action of canceling the games. There might be a difference there in terms of who has to cover those losses. So that could be why they're not definitively saying, no, we're just ending it now. But you have to think about your international athletes right now. Because if you wait too long and, like, say you decide to cancel it in, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, we don't know how many countries' borders are going to be closed. We don't know how the visas are going to work. If you have a shortened off-season, some of these players go back to countries where they make you come home for a month and a half, two months before they reissue you a new visa to go play. The, that in itself should be something that should be strongly considered right now because the last thing you want to do is leave these international players in limbo, stuck in a country that's not their home, and it—they have to think of the players in that sense too. I was gonna say, those, I think those players already—you know—they're already planning on being here through April and beyond. You know, so it's not too much of a change in the short term for these players to still be here. I also think in a lot of cases that they may be better off staying here because of the risks of being exposed if you travel, and depending on the healthcare available in some of their countries in terms of the, you know, the medicine available and the hospital space and things like that. So I think keeping the players in place is probably a safe thing for now. So I'm a little concerned by this ruling that came out or this direction that came out from the Players Association that players could be allowed to return to their hometowns. So, you know, Canadian players in the U.S. can go back to Canada and vice versa, which I feel like Mm, I really don't want those guys traveling at this point. Like, that, just stay put. You've got homes here. You've got resources here. Just, just stay put. Right. So if they're going to do it, they might as well just cancel it now. Because if you're going to cancel and say that they have to go back home to their home country, and you're sending them to places like France and Italy, which I know not a lot in the, the NHL, but other leagues, you're just setting them up for failure. Guys, let's let's honestly be real. It's going to get canceled. And it, it the the reason the NHL is waiting is because the NHL is doing what it always does. It's waiting for the NBA to show leadership. The NHL didn't cancel until the NBA showed. The NBA the NHL is trying to get back, but the NHL but they're following the NBA's lead. The NBA is going to cancel first and just decide that the season's over, and then the NHL is going to follow suit. That's entirely what's going to happen. I don't and, and 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 the NBA is waiting for the same reasons then. Right. Yeah, but but it's harder to have ice. It's it's harder to play on a court than it's or it's harder to play on ice than it is to play on a court, especially in like June and July. We've also got considerations like contracts expire on June 30th in the NHL. The league season resets. It's it's the logistics the logistical nightmare is just it's too great and they're going to end up rushing players back. Probably guys who aren't conditioned after being off for a couple months, and they're going to end up rush either ru if they try and rush back and play, they're going to end. It's going to end up with guys hurt, guys trying to do something that they're not used to. They're not in game shape. They're not in game speed, 
and you're going to see players get hurt. At, at this point, I don't under, see any way the NHL gets back and plays unless this thing really de- is handled in the next 60 days, which we honestly have no idea. At, at this point, it's we're kind of in a hurry-up-and-wait mode, and I, I just don't see any way that the NHL is going to be able to do this. Uh, at this point, it's probably for the best that the NHL just waits another couple weeks and then just cancels the season entirely when they realize things aren't getting better. We haven't hit the peak of the curve in a couple weeks because right now we're not projected to. I was just going to add, I think you're probably right about the NHL following the NBA's lead, but the NBA did have a case, a confirmed case. And I mean, if the NHL had that case first, do you think they would have canceled then or suspended play first then? Oh, definitely. They would have had to. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, on the one hand, they probably were following the NBA's lead. But then again, the NBA didn't really have a choice considering they had that confirmed case. But And now one of the Vancouver Canucks staffers has tested positive. Well, and, yeah, and people that worked for um, the Sharks, like as ushers, they also, some of them tested positive as well. And the thing is, is we don't know how many people have it or don't have it because... Not everyone can get tested right now. So, I mean, it's just, there's too many variables and unknowns. So it makes sense to just end the season. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Elaine, so I wanted to touch base as far as the monsters and the AHL aspect of all of this. What can you kind of bring to the table as far as obviously working the games in Cleveland and what you may have heard from the AHL standpoint? Well, as of right now, it's um, they don't they're not going to lift the indefinite suspension before May and they have said that they want teams to help facilitate um, players being allowed to go home, which to me sounds like the AHL is just getting ready to cancel because you wouldn't, you know, tell players to go home who are like in Sweden 
if you plan on playing out the rest of the season, including playoffs. I wonder if playoffs are at stake as well. Also, I mean, this is a big hit for a lot of teams. The Monsters um, are one of the better attended teams in the league. They do depend a lot on these last few games coming up, like the Purple game benefiting the American Cancer Society where they wear purple jerseys and they auction them off. That place is usually filled, like almost sold out. The Pucks and Paws game would have been coming up where you can bring your dog or your cat. Um, that game is usually sold out as well. And the year is a Top Gun night coming out and the jerseys were really sweet. So I would assume that that night would also be sold out too coming up. So that in itself is a hard, so even if they came back, couldn't play with fans or anything, it's still a big hit to the teams. Um, Utica, poor Utica, they have the smallest fan base. And right now they're selling shirts to ensure that their employees, their game day staff, their, you know, their social media people, all of them. And they're just, first of all, it's hard because as you've been around, you, you get to know some of these people. They're really wonderful. And to think that this could really hurt an actual team to the point where they would have to sell shirts that say, Puck the Virus, <laughs> which are really cool. You should totally buy one. Um, but, and then I think about this. This one breaks my heart the most. I... Well, for me, like, with the Monsters, like, I don't know what's going to happen over the summer. I don't know if my day job will have me go out of state. This could have been my last season covering the team. It could not be. Like, no one knows what the summer holds. But one team knows what the summer holds, and that was San Antonio. And they're not going to have a team next year. And, like, I literally get choked up thinking about this. But, like, all those fans didn't get a chance to really send their team out because, if they come back and they start with playoffs, the Rampage were out of it. So, like, there was no uh, closure for this fan base. Nothing. Uh, people that work for them thought they had a little bit more time to find a new job, to figure things out. Maybe the, they could have been a standalone AHL team. We really don't know. And now, depending on what happens with this, this could be it. This is... And it's like, it's really heartbreaking for me to see this fan base that is so phenomenal, so passionate. They are all for growing the game from every aspect. And like, it literally just, it breaks my heart thinking about it. And the whole thing is just, it's really tough. It's one of those, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So if you start up the season, logistics are crazy. But if you end the season, there's a lot of heartbreak. Also, the whole Black Aces thing. Sorry, I just thought about that. Like, if the if the AHL goes ahead and cancels, but the NHL doesn't, and you have to pull from the teams, I don't know how that works either. Another aspect of everything involving AHL, NHL, was we saw some roster transactions still happening over the weekend, like Kiefer Sherwood being waived by the Ducks. I know Elaine had a lot to say about that as well. I'll start with PD. Uh, they put a roster freeze in place now, which I think obviously makes sense. But PD, did you have any thoughts on the roster construction or reconstruction throughout this entire basically dead period with the NHL? I was, I'm confused by it. I still don't quite understand why teams were making 
moves after the thing was suspended. The only thing that can occur to me is just if they were putting these guys on waivers to get them sent to the AHL so that they could pay them the AHL level of their two-way contract, and that's that's pretty crappy. <laughs> it means they're paying those guys less, and that's uh, that's really unfair. Uh, you know, these owners uh, are worth quite a lot. They can afford to pay these guys the NHL salary for for the time that this is is put down. They can afford to pay their you know arena staff for the games that they're missing. Um, so if that's the reason, and that's the only reason that I can see, uh, that's just really crappy on their part. Yeah, um, I 100% agree. Uh, that is, if, yeah, I, I can't see another reason that you're sending guys down to the AHL right now. It's not like you need paper moves for the playoffs or anything like that. Um, the only reason I can possibly see is that, for example, Kiefer Sherwood getting sitting down by Anaheim is a paper move to pay him $70,000 a year in the, in the AHL. And that's just the Anaheim owner and, uh, GM being a bunch of cheap, uh, SOBs. And that's just not cool. Uh, it's also not cool for some of the owners who are not paying their uh, arena staff. Uh, the Calgary ownership has said they're not paying their arena st- their hourly workers, which is a bunch of garbage. Pay your staff. The Winnipeg owner was bullied into it via social media that he's he's finally reversed course and is going to pay his staff something. Uh, the Jackets finally announced today, after a, nearly a week of waiting here, that there at least feels like a week. Time has no construct anymore. Um, that they're going to pay their hourly workers for missed games and help uh, offset those costs. But th- this really, uh, like, this is easy PR. If you're the millionaire, the multi-millionaire owner of a local sports franchise, all you have to do is say, yes, we're going to take care of the arena staff. And it shouldn't be your players taking up donating money to do it. Like, it shouldn't be Sergei Bobrovsky donating $100,000 to pay for the Florida Panthers. It shouldn't be Zion Williamson saying he's going to pay the salary of every employee at the Smoothie King Center. It shouldn't It shouldn't come down to these, you know... Zion, like, Zion's a 19-year-old, and he's got better sense than Gail Benson, who's a multi-billionaire owner of the Saints and the Pelicans. Like... This this really isn't that hard, guys. Like, take these these owners and these owners need to realize that they need to take care of their staff, who most of them are probably living paycheck to paycheck, or at least a good amount of them. Like this, this really isn't hard. Like they're being let go for no for no fault of their own. Like they have they have no other option. They have nothing to do. Look out for you. Look out for your kids. Like for God's sake. And we're not talking about the whole season either. You know, we're talking about just a portion of games. No, we're talking about, like, the next couple weeks. Like, like ma- make sure these people can keep food on their table and keep their rent paid. Like, for God's sake. Well, in the case of those players, too, if you're going to give them, pay them the AHL contract instead, like, there's a big difference between the NHL and AHL amounts. But if we're talking just the last month of the season, it's not as much of a difference then because of how few games are left for each level. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. I was told by multiple sources, but nothing um, from people that work for the team, that it was for cap roster, with cap purposes. I don't even really understand why or how that should even, I don't know, matter, because the season's not going on. So, if it's to save money, uh, well, I mean, the season's not happening, so it doesn't really matter. Um <clears throat> But also, 
why were the rosters not frozen the moment they announced the suspension or gave them like or before trade deadline it's not like any of this would matter with them having to have people on rosters and paper people and all of that and if you're trying but here's my thing too there are there many of the contracts state that when a player gets sent down they have even if it's paper they have to go to that team so could you imagine if it was Vancouver who papered someone like that and then they had to go to Utica across another country and it just it's it's insane it's ludicrous there's no point to stop doing business just stop doing business if you can't play if you can't do any of this the only thing you should be thinking about is when is the season getting started and if it's not getting started coming up with plans for your fans to get either their money back or to have it roll over into their season tickets to figure out how your employees are going to go into the off season. It, like, I feel like this logistical planning is not happening. There's no risk analysis going on and they're just wanting to do business as usual because they're living in a delusional world. And by them, I mean Gary Bettman, where they think that before May, the season is gonna go on. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And to do that, like, players already have stuff to deal with right now. Like, everyone is stressed out because a lot of them are from other countries and they don't know what's going to happen. People they love are getting sick. They see the news. And then you put someone on waivers. Like, what if someone had picked them up? Like, what do you do then? A buddy of mine ran into a blue jacket over the weekend at the bar. And uh, from what I could gather... Worry wasn't on the forefront of his cons on his uh mind. That's another thing. Like, come on, bro. Like, we've already had enough people be injured this season. Like, just go home. We don't need the team to get coronavirus now. <sighs> Although, let, let, let's be honest. How blue jackets would that be this season for a player to go down with the plague? <laughs> That's true. Right, and then that and then that would be the reason why this season is canceled and there's no Stanley Cup. We've had mono, and now we have, you know, okay, so that brings up one silver lining fun topic to think about real fast. I just wanted to put this out there. In the event that the NHL is actually able to come back to play somehow to finish off this season, can you imagine if the Blue Jackets were able to ice a fully healthy team for some kind of weird, wacky playoff run? It would be beautiful. <laughs> now they wouldn't be they wouldn't be fully fully healthy. I think you know we still wouldn't have Josh Anderson because that shoulder injury. You know, obviously Brandon Dubinsky is you know probably never going to play again. But I think we would certainly get Seth Jones back because he was slated to get back you know early April. Uh, and then Oliver, maybe maybe Bjorkstrand. Yeah, depending on how how that leg heals. So, yeah, that would be obviously a huge, huge boost. The team would be so much better with those guys. But it would be annoying because if we did really well, people would say, oh, well, it's because you had time. Well, yeah, so? <laughs> who, who, who cares? Glory lasts forever, Elaine. That's what the replacements taught me. Um, honestly, honestly, I'd be really happy with... Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't expect the NHL to come back, but I'd be thrilled if they could get healthy and... Seth could come back, and Bjorkstrand could come back, and you could ice—I don't know—the hottest, the hottest goalie in the league for like a month. Uh, get get Elvis in there, and 
You're telling me Elvis can't get another you can't Elvis can't get hot for a month and maybe lead this team on some magical run. But if if the NHL decides to come back, sign me up, I'm in. Like let's 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 go. I don't expect it, but I don't expect it, but buddy, it's fun to dream. And all we've got are sports dreams right now, so. Oh yeah, that's so true. It would be fun. The uh the only thing that this kind of reminds me of with this whole potential 2014 playoff or whatever scenario could be. I mean, it's just like the lockout. I, I mean, I guess just in the sense, not not the uh, the playoff aspect, but just the whole weird shortened season, trying to make it work. But yeah, this would be unprecedented if they pulled off something. What they would have to pull off, I guess, to pull off the rest of the season. Well, that's pretty much gonna do it. We do have time for final thoughts. Seeds, do you have a final thought? I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> we all know we do. I'm ready. Give me a moment. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I apologize in advance for how long this is going to go, and I apologize in advance for probably crying during this, but guys, I am utterly, utterly and totally heartbroken that the Dayton Flyers season ended the way it did. Anyone who has followed me on Twitter since Thursday probably knows I've been... <sighs> okay, let's... There's no way of knowing if Dayton was going to win a national title this year, but they had their best chance ever. Today, CBS Sports named Obi Toppin Player of the Year. They named Anthony Grant Coach of the Year. Dayton was uh, going to be a one seed going into the NCAA tournament, probably in the East region, which means they would have started in Cleveland, and then they would have gone to Albany, New York for the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, and then, God willing, would have gone to Atlanta for the Final Four. And it is... I This this will never not hurt. That my... The, the last... The last college game day of the year was at Dayton, and it, it feels like it was 10 years ago, and it was maybe 10 days ago that game day was there, that I went over to PD's house, and we watched Dayton beat George Washington in a game George Washington hung in for as long as they possibly could against argue against <laughs> against arguably one of the best squads in college basketball last night or Sunday night on ESPN two they re-aired the Dayton Kansas game and Dayton took the took the best punch that the number one team in the country could throw took it right off the chin and Dayton went to overtime and just ran out of gas down the stretch and lost by six. Like Dayton might not have won the national title, but mother of God, you can't tell me they weren't one of the two or three teams that were probably that you had to consider for that, for that honor. Um, the, the university's done great work putting out videos. They've, they've interviewed coach Grant a couple times. They've interviewed, um, they posted a video Sunday night with like just a retrospective on the season narrated by University of Dayton grad Dan Patrick. This just sucks, guys. I, I've I've cried about it multiple times. I've watched one shining moment videos of highlights of the season. If you like I said, if you go on my Twitter feed, I've tweeted all of this and just been sad, but I I have I'm I'm more thankful than anything in the world that I got to go and see this team once. I got to see them on a Saturday afternoon beat Duquesne. Obi Toppin threw down a windmill dunk in front of me. Dayton trailed at halftime, ended up 
opening up the second half and went up by 17 when Anthony Grant called off the dogs and won the game by 10. It was one of the most special moments of my life. I was looking forward to going to Cleveland and seeing this team in Cleveland in the first round, hopefully in the second round with a Sweet 16 on the line. I, I, I hurt for the players. I hurt for the seniors, Trey Landers and Ryan Mikesell. Trey, Trey was a Dayton kid. Um, still is a Dayton kid. He's not, uh, but he was like, like he was, a he, he worked his tail off to become the emotional leader of the team. He was, for those of you who don't know, Trey Trey was in the nightclub that was shot up this year this past summer, uh, in Dayton. Um ran from ran from the nightclub, went straight to his coach's house and basically just talked for hours about how that affected him, and it was kind of his motivating factor for the season. The the Dayton community experienced a lot of hardship last summer and this really did help bring the Flyers together. There's a great article by Pat Forty on Yahoo Sports where he Last year, last weekend, interviewed uh, kids in the in the UD student neighborhood. Uh, this, as the university calls it, it will it will forever be the ghetto. Um, about what it was, he interviewed kids on game on game day morning of what it was like being there, and then he called some of them and interviewed them after selection Sunday was canceled. And the mood is just heartbreak. It you know this this team meant so much to the community. It meant so much to the university. And it meant so much to Flyer fans and grads everywhere. And I can't imagine what these what these kids are going through. I can't imagine what what Trey and Ryan Mikesell are thinking. Um, I can't imagine what's going through Obi Toppin's mind because obviously even if they granted extra eligibility, Toppin Toppin's not coming back. He's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft and. All I can say is thank thank them for the memories, thank them for everything they did for us. It was it was one of the most special moments of my it was what one of the most special six months of my life being able to follow this team, being able to connect with Dayton fans I've never connected with, make friends, experience sharing this with other people, and I'll never ever forget these memories. And while while there's always going to be a lingering what if hanging over this season hanging over these players heads i hope they know for forever that they they brought a community together they did a lot of good in the community they were able to uh inspire a lot of people kids forever in that region of ohio are going to grow up dayton fans and remember and talk about this season i'm gonna talk about this season forever uh it's 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 just really special and as far as I'm concerned, Dayton is the only team that never lost in regulation this year. They they lost two games by a total of seven points in both of game both those games in overtime. So at this point, I, I honestly Dayton should if if I'm the AD, Dayton can hang the banner in in the rafters next to Obi Toppin's jersey, and if Kansas has a problem with it, they can come play us in our arena. So I just want to say thank I just if I just want to say thank you to the Thank you, thank you to the Dayton Flyers. Thank you to Obi Toppin. Thank you to Trey Landers. Thank you to Ryan Mikesell. And thank you to Anthony Grant for memories that will last me a lifetime. And I'll never, ever forget what the last six months have meant to my school and my community. It's It was truly, truly special. And it just means a lot. So kudos to the Dayton Flyers, my 2020 national champions. So. My final thought is actually something that Seeds touched on. A lot of people questioning about getting another year of eligibility. And 
I think a lot of these people think that it'll give them a, will allow a team to continue their success or for a player to have that one more year in front of the scouts. But, like in the case of Dayton, they're not going to be able to manufacture what they had this year again. It's going to be very hard, especially since we know Obi's going to go. Like it, it, It's not that they're nothing without him, it's that he helped bring, he was a big piece of their magic. And then you have to think about, so you have these freshmen coming in, and what what does that do to the whole team dynamics again? It's, um, unfortunately at this point, many scouts have already made their decision on who they're going to suggest gets drafted, unless you had an amazing run in the playoffs. Um, like you did something crazy amazing. But that's few and far between. Um, and also that means that players who don't have much money, they could get their eligibility back, but how are they going to pay for school? How is the school going to give them a scholarship if they were on a scholarship? I, I just think, unfortunately, sad to say, they shouldn't give that one year of eligibility back. And I know there's a lot of people who are probably going to be mad at me for saying that. But when it comes down to it, it's how we all deal with the next step in life. And so if you want the scouts to see you, then put together a film reel like they did back in the day, back in the early 2000s, back in the 90s and the 80s, and send it to those scouts. Put yourself in front of them. Just just do it. You know, if you want it, you're going to find a way to get it. And I believe that many of these athletes will be able to find a way to get what they want, whether it be this summer or next summer. There's always an option. Nothing is unfigureoutable. So I beg of them who feel like they need that extra year of eligibility to be seen. You have been seen. And if you haven't been seen, force them to see you. For my final thought, I would like to uh, wish a happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone around the world, like myself, who has some Irish heritage. Um, I don't like, in some ways, what the holiday has become here in the United States, uh, where it becomes just an excuse to drink and party. Uh, if you need an excuse to drink and party, you're an amateur. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I, I, am, I am saddened that, you know, people cannot celebrate the holiday uh, the way that they traditionally do in many cases. Um, you know, for, for me, the getting in touch with my heritage just reminds me of where my family comes from and reminds me of time spent with family. And so it's going to be hard being alone tomorrow and knowing that my family, my immediate family is spread across the country. Um, it makes me think of my aunt who passed away six years ago on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and that she's no longer with us. So, um, but I will celebrate the holiday my own way. I will, I'll have a Guinness, I'll have a Jameson, and um, I'll raise a toast to uh, you know every member of my family, uh, those who have passed, those who are still with us, and you know raise a slancha to to all the Irish all around the world. My final thought is just about the Blue Jackets deciding to pay their part-time staff and arena employees. I think it should have been a foregone conclusion for every team to do that, but 
as Steve's mentioned earlier, not every team is doing it. So I think it's awesome that at least Columbus is helping not only their staff, but the people that are in the community that help work these games and these events. And hopefully every team in the NHL will also decide to help out their their local employees as well. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Pearly and the Howlin' Noons. If you haven't checked out Angela's newest album, 430, go do it. You can stream it all over, and you can find out more at AngelaPearly.com. Rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at CBJCannon and comment on JacketsCannon.com. From all of us at the Cannon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Lord cares, I'm not scared.